Thanks for joining us for our podcast, Putting It Together. My name is Christina Clayton, one of the co-directors of the Northwest Mental Health Technology Transfer Center. We are part of a national network to disseminate and implement evidence-based practices for mental health into the field. We are coming to you from Seattle, Washington, and our Northwest region covers Alaska, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. However, in this virtual world, we have connected with people from all over, and we are very grateful to connect with you today. One of our goals is to provide free training and technical assistance in mental health topics. And now we are offering a podcast because we were told there weren't many podcasts out these days. Just kidding. But truly, we hope you hear some useful information and or inspiration that helps you put it together when working in this challenging and amazing field we call mental health. You can find out more about us, including our live event calendar, free online courses, resource library, and newsletter sign up by visiting our website at mhttcnetwork.org backslash Northwest. And Dr. Evans is a licensed clinical social worker, a certified alcohol and drug counselor, a licensed sex offender treatment provider, and evaluator. She has worked in primarily with the Latinx population throughout her career as a child welfare specialist and forensic evaluator and treatment provider. She's currently the hospital administrator for Elgin Mental Health Center in Elgin, Illinois, a state forensic psychiatric hospital. She's also in private practice as a bilingual therapist where she treats adults and adolescents with mental health issues, substance abuse issues, and sex addictions. She also teaches on these topics at Aurora University and University of Chicago. Throughout her career, you can tell she has worked to increase equity, justice, and cultural awareness in these institutions, and we thank you for your work. And we're so grateful to have you, Dr. Evans, to talk about specifically incorporating strategies to effectively engage Hispanic and Latinx clients. You know, something I think everyone in the field wants to know more about and how to better serve people from these communities and the communities um, at large. I was wondering, as we think about this topic, you've done these kind of trainings for a long time. You've worked in the field and pursued these interests because it's so important and, and relevant. What kind of questions do people bring up when you do training in how to be more effective in their approach with these communities? Yeah, I think a lot of times it's that, how do I do this with everything else that I'm doing? Often they see cultural competence as something that's added. And that's something extra they need to do, as opposed to seeing the adaptation part of it, where it's not that we're creating something new, it's that we are adapting and helping the things that we are doing better serve the people that we're actually serving. Another one that I see is often, are we actually reaching the people we're trying to reach? Are they, are they feeling it? And how would I know? You know, when I adapt a cultural, I adapt an intervention, how do I know that this is actually effective? And how do I measure that effectiveness? And I think that's a question that we have both on the on the agency level, you know, our directors, I see many, I see that we've had many people attending our webinars that are directors and leaders and VPs. And it really is, how do I make sure that the entire organization is doing this? But then as a clinician, how do I know that I'm being effective? How do I assess that? That's really helpful. You know, it dawned on me as we were talking about this topic for today. I want to say, you know, I really honor and respect, you know, that our network and our centers are place a lot of value on evidence-based practices and with good reason. 
Mm-hmm. However, we also know that that can clang in some people's ears and mine included, because we know mm-hmm. that what are termed evidence-based practices may not have been researched with a diverse mm-hmm. clientele, may not have mm-hmm. had the opportunity to. And, and then we also know there are a lot of practices that don't have those designations that are very mm-hmm. effective that come from mm-hmm. communities such as, you know, the Hispanic and Latino communities that may or may not have that mark of, you know, stamp of approval. How do we find that balance? You know, what is your perspective on using what I think most people might agree are pretty effective things, you know, motivational interviewing or CBT, that sort of thing, but also having that attending to cultural identity and those issues versus throwing all that out the window. So what are your thoughts on that? You've done this a long time. I imagine you have some thoughts. Yes. So evidence-based practices is one cultural adaptation and choosing the appropriate method to reach our clients is just one of them. And so with evidence-based practice, it speaks directly to the methods we're using. Are we using methods that are culturally competent and that can really reach the audience that we're working with, whether you know it's generational, whether it's racial, whatever it might be, language. And so when we think about EBPs, it's just one element. There are so many others that really can also help and support. And so if you're not using something that has the uh, seal of approval, the EBP on it, there are still multiple other ways to make sure that you you are adapting your intervention, you know, to be culturally appropriate. Yeah. And I know there are a lot of practices out there. Um, we'll share some uh, as well in our resource section, but mm-hmm. I think the question of, do we adapt something that wasn't created in our community to fit with our community, which mm-hmm. I think I know has done a lot, or do we mm-hmm. seek things that come from the community. I know that's just sort of mm-hmm. an ongoing and, and maybe it's both, right? Is, mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is that you can do both. Just be mindful of how you're doing yeah. it. I want to jump in right there because yeah. I think one thing we forget, and this is, this is kind of assumptive, we are not the only place that does therapy. People are doing therapy in every corner of the world and using therapeutic interventions that work for that country. Mm-hmm. And often we sit with what we have, what's been approved by SAMHSA, which has wonderful resources. And we think, well, this is all there is. And it's instead of stretch, stretching out and going, okay, do I have colleagues in other countries that are using things, you know, maybe it's tools, workbooks, things that they're using with their population. So especially as we're talking about working with immigrant populations or recently immigrated or you know, even individuals that have different cultural things that they need, the information exists, but we just have to look for it, open our eyes. Yeah. And, and I assume generally I have to make assumptions, but a great reminder that mental health and behavioral health happens around the world and many mm-hmm. countries, you know, might have far better or great ideas that, you know, that we haven't really uh, considered. So that's, that's really helpful. As we continue our journey, as we all are on our path to better serve clients from Hispanic and Latinx communities, knowing we still have much to learn, do you have any words of wisdom for people striving to approach their work with humility? Maybe they get to do a lot of intense work to really become culturally informed. Uh, Maybe they're just kind of doing it from their position and trying to be, you know, as competent a clinician as they can and reach that cultural humility. But any words of wisdom as we try to connect to culture and not be afraid to try? I guess that's sort of where I'm, my mind is going. That Yeah. And research shows that the best thing you can do to become more culturally humble is get experience. On a daily basis, how many cultures are you interacting with? You can see on, on your social media, 
are there different cultures? Do you learn different things about different cultures? Do you have friends or connections from different cultures? In your agency, do you move toward things that are familiar? Just as humans, that's what we do. And so are you challenging yourself? Are you going to different places in your community that might be for people of a different culture? Are you exploring them? And a lot of that comes with just having an open mind because how we are in our personal life, private life, if we are very much, well, I interact with people of my culture and that's kind of it. And then at work, we have an experience where we're interacting with individuals of other cultures. Often we have kind of the separation and ultimately being open to different cultures has to happen within. It's an attitude, it's a perspective and getting experience, challenging yourself, finding where you're most uncomfortable. And then reaching out head on, that is how to grow in that area. But it takes a lot of courage. You know, it really Mm. takes courage for that open-mindedness. That is a wonderful answer. I knew you'd have a great answer to that. I think that folks, you know, try to learn and yet you don't want to use a cookie cutter approach to, oh, I learned this thing about this pop, you know, this doesn't affect everybody that I'm going to meet that may even be Mm -hmm. from that community. And at the same time, not being afraid to challenge and learn and be clear if you've made a mistake and keep trying and have that open mind. So thank you so much. You can find resources related to the episode in our show notes. So be sure to check those out. Learn more about us by visiting our website at mhttcnetwork.org backslash Northwest. You can also follow us on social media at NWMHTTC. This broadcast is brought to you by the Northwest MHTTC, which is funded by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA. However, the content does not necessarily reflect the views of SAMHSA. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to connecting with you again so we can keep putting it together. Take care.